When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Least Talk Forever, the first episode of Least Talk Forever, and the damn second round. Scott, early opinion, we made it 19 years later. That's the podcast name. Give me your thoughts. On Toronto making the second round? Yes, sir. Uh, I mean, I'm, yep, yeah, I'm excited. Obviously, uh, I'm old enough, and you're old enough to remember the the previous uh, second round. Well, technically, we made it the third round, I think, but uh, the last playoff run they had there 19 years ago. But we've been uh, pretty much every game since then, sticking it out, uh, ups and downs, last place finish, Matthews, uh, the uh, Phil Kessel era. Yeah, so. I mean, all that agony, heartache, aggravation, annoyance that has happened the last 19 years kind of all went away the second that uh, Tavares scored in overtime. So, yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Um, yeah, just saying all of those um, memes and all of that other stuff uh, gone. Um, you saw it a lot on social media right after people were putting the every year thing or whatever that Sid the Sloth guy does from uh, Ice Age. Yeah, uh, to, get, to get attention. Yeah, but they the new one is like all of the other fan bases are just showing themselves like it's one guy doing it, but it's deleting the meme because there's no point posting anymore. However, um, yeah, we did it. And yeah. It was, uh, uh, I don't even know the word how to explain it, but I was just over the moon. And it's funny, actually. So we have a group chat with our brother, me and Scott. It's just me and Scott with the podcast tonight, obviously. And it's a rare Tuesday night podcast. We moved it from Tuesday, Thursday to Tuesday uh, just because it is the start of the second round. Tonight against the Florida Panthers. Uh, so Kyle couldn't be with us, but we have his predictions for the next round, so on and so forth. Anyways, back to what I was saying. Me and Scott have a uh, group chat with our brother, our other brother, and our nephew. Um, and I, I put on, I'm teary eyed, and my my nephew is like, "Buddy's crying." And then Scott's like, "Well, he essentially just said, why wouldn't he? We've been waiting 19 years for this. Like, so much pain, so much." Um, 
annoyance and frustration and bullshit that Leafs fans had to put up with. And I just want to congratulate every single one of you guys who listen to this podcast because it is now our time and the stage is set for the upcoming second round, which again starts tonight. Scott, you want to go over the second round matchups? Uh, doesn't matter. I just I figured we just talk about the Leafs more than the other ones, but yeah, okay, I just well, want to jump in real quick and say that the Leafs winning on what was that Saturday? Yeah, yeah, Saturday, right? Yeah, was obviously like amazing. Like, like you said, we've been waiting. Like I said, we've been waiting nineteen years, whatever. But it became even better the next day when Boston got beat out by Florida. And then all the Leafs, you just hop on Twitter or Facebook and all the Leafs fans who have had to put up with it for years and years and years, all the loads of and piles of crap that people have piled on. And then the Leafs were just giving it right back to them threefold every chance they could get. Every post of Boston, there was like 100 Leafs fans just ripping on them saying it was 3-1, you guys suck. Throwing on all this similar stuff that they would say to the Leafs if the Leafs lost in the first round, so the yeah. the Leafs the Leafs winning like made us like our emotions skyrocket. But Boston also went uh, losing in the second or the, the next day uh, just continued that into a whole another day's worth of excitement, and because that was just it was cherry on top. Yeah, so I'm just gonna jump a little bit ahead on what we had planned quickly just to bring this up. Um, and then we'll go back to a couple other things here. Um, so, oh, of note of the OT celebration in the Leafs management press box on Saturday, word is assistant GM, uh, Brandon Preetum was hit by a car that morning and suffered a dislocated shoulder. Oh, the morning of... (laughs) The morning of, you know that video when... Oh, yeah, uh, is that Kyle why he's Dubas? like... Coward, like yeah, yeah. yeah, that's why he didn't like... He was like wincing after Kyle Dewis went near him. Yeah, and people were like, oh, this guy's so scared. No, no, it's he got hit by a car that's, that morning and dislocated his shoulder. All right, so we're just uh, going to get a word from our show sponsors here. Uh, Raycon is back for the month of May as a show sponsor. So um, there'll be a promo code for, I believe... 15 yep 15 percent off uh raycon headphones and then obviously our traditional sponsor of DraftKings sportsbook uh write down these promo codes thpn and uh we'll be back play the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings sportsbook right now new customers can make just a five dollar bet and score 150 dollars in free bonus bets instantly one series that I'm going to be betting on is the Toronto-Tampa series. Obviously, Leafs fan, Leafs podcast, Leafs bet. Right now, for Game 6, Tampa and Toronto both share the same odds at minus 110. I'm going to be putting my money on the Toronto Leafs to win in Game 6. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That code, THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Eligibility restrictions apply. See notes for details. Let's face it. With coffee starting at $5 and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is critical for getting the highest quality at the best price. 
one dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on raycon wireless earbuds raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point so you can listen to what you want when you want without breaking the bank raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features you can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would for some of the other more big name tech brands Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. So they have a buy now, pay later option. Right now, you can pay just $18 at checkout. They also have easy and free return guarantees and offer a two-year product protection insurance for just a few extra bucks. And they also offer free domestic shipping and flat rate international shipping. If you check out their website, they have over 50,000 five-star reviews. A few of my personal favorite features of the Raycon earbuds are the tap functions, the crystal clear call audio quality, and the eight hours of playtime. So go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off of your next Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Enjoy. Um, so, yeah, so basically, as Scott was saying, Boston got beat down in hilarious fashion, um, blowing a 3-1 lead. So I just have a couple points to go over. So one, um, in the playoff history in the last um, 10 years with Boston has been almost as bad if not worse than the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes, the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't gotten on the first round, but Boston blew a 3-0 lead in a playoff series against uh, to Detroit, I believe. Another 3-0 series lead against Chicago. Uh, and they blew the lead in Game 7. Uh, and they blew another 3-1 lead, I believe, in this last 10 years, and then the Florida one. The only thing that saved the Boston and Bruins from getting constantly ripped apart by the NHL, what is it, Scott? Is the standing is the Stanley Cup. Cup in 2011, which I believe they were almost blowing that series lead to. So uh, basically, this core of the Boston Bruins, the Pasternak's, the Bergerons, the McAvoy's, Marchands, they're almost just as bad as how Toronto's been doing up until this point. So let that soak in for all the Boston fans who think that's funny to rip apart. Unless they, if they didn't fluke into that Stanley Cup in 2011, you guys would be in the exact same situation. And same as the Minnesota Wild fans who have lost of the eight years or seven of eight years that they won the, they made the Stanley Cup final or Stanley Cup playoffs, they've been beaten out seven years in a row in the first round. So let that soak in, you bastards. Okay, over to you, Scott. You want to talk about a few things for the Leafs? Oh, yeah. And just another thing I want to jump in on here. Uh, with that Game 7 loss to Florida, uh, Boston Bruins now passed the Toronto Maple Leafs for the most Game 7 losses all time. So, you know. You suck. Sit on that one for a while. Pretty much. Um, so, yeah, round two. We have starting tonight with Toronto, Florida. And uh, uh, who's the other one? Dallas, Edmonds? No, Dallas, Seattle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Dallas, Seattle. And then the other two series are the uh, Devils, who uh, 
beat the Rangers last night to to win that series against Carolina, and then uh, Vegas against Edmonton, which should be a good series. Yeah, that's a uh, number one versus number two draft picks in that year, Eichel versus McDavid. Although this oh, is yeah. Eichel's first year in the Stanley Cup final ever, yeah. it could be he could go one and one. Like if Vegas won the Stanley Cup, he could go yeah. one time, one cup. And McDavid, I think this is his fourth time in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think the furthest he's gone is the third round or second round. Yeah. Um. Um. Should, yeah. So there's a lot of talking about first round picks, though. Obviously, the McDavid Eichel thing, and then Matthews on Toronto, and then Alex Lafreniere absolutely just being a steaming pile of shit in the Rangers series and having no points and uh, no contributions to his team at all whatsoever in any of the games he played. Yeah, and also uh, that series, that that series, uh, the Devils Rangers had a lot of first round picks. Jack Hughes was he number one? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he was the year after Matthews, wasn't he? I think. Or two uh, years after Matthews? Because the year after Matthews was Lafreniere. And then the year after that was Jack Hughes. Yeah, okay. So then there's Jack Hughes. There's Nico Heischer, I believe, was number one. And there's Capo Keiko Capo or Capo Keiko, who I believe was also a number one or number two pick. And the yeah, Devils. He was, he was in the Jack Hughes draft, wasn't he? I think, yeah, I think he was the opposite of Jack Hughes. I think he was the number two. Um. Regardless, and then obviously, uh, Aaron, Aaron Eckblad in the Florida, yeah. But I mean, just in that draft alone, that's embarrassing, yeah. So, Jack Hughes and Capo Caco were one and two. Jack Hughes won it, Lafreniere sucked ass, and um, Nico Heischer, who I believe was also the number one pick by um, the Devils, obviously found success. So it just shows that sometimes people, not even late bloomers, because Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer aren't even that late of bloomers, but just shows that sometimes when you let people blossom into the players that they should be to begin the, or to start their career and it just takes a couple of years, sometimes that's better. Don't give up on people so early. Um, but also on the same hand, when you thrust them into a huge market with a big team and expect them to be the leader when you've got Panarin and Sabinajad and Patrick Kane, and it's never going to work. And that's the Lafreniere situation. So apparently Lafreniere and Apple Keiko are expected apparently to get change of scenery this year. Also just looked it up. Nico Heischer was one. Nolan Patrick was two in that draft. Hmm. So. Yeah, his career's over. Yeah. Thanks, um, uh, thanks Matthew problem... Shane, I think, did that to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure who did it, but I think Nathan the problem McKinnon. with um... – Oh, <laughs> um, the problem with Lafreniere is he went to an already established playoff team that had star players. Exactly. So he, and then they they only added more, right? So I, there was never any room for him, unless of course he was like a McDavid level point producer. But there was never never going to be a room for him to move up the lineup and be that player that everybody expected him to be. If he instead, if he would have went to like a Buffalo or an Arizona. Or, um, so I think that kind of screwed him over on his development. Not saying he would have turned into a McDavid or a Matthews or whatever, but I feel like he would have been a little bit better than he has been so far. Yeah. He's on an actual rebuilding team, and they focused around him as opposed to going to a team that pretty much made the second round and then um, kind of just stuck him on the third line and tried to make him a role player. Exactly, And that's the thing is I think uh, just – 
just how that whole draft happened with like the 13th ball or whatever was a uh, was a was a play-in team yeah uh it just kind of rigged the system and i i don't know uh, sammy mckee who's the producer real kid from board made an absolute outstanding point today the only reason the rangers are where they are right now is because tom wilson they were supposed to they sent down a memo going to their fans and their and their and their uh ticket holders that they're going to go into a five-year rebuild from whatever James Dolan. And then Tom Wilson absolutely beat the snot out of every Rangers player on the ice. And then they went on and got Ryan Reeves and got um, Andrew Kopp the next year and stepped up uh, Jacob Troopas play. And now they can't get over the first round or over the first round hump. I think this is three years in a row. Actually, I think last year they went to the third round. So maybe his point wasn't outstanding. I'm just going to backtrack that whole thing. <laughs> Did they go to the third round last year? I th- I think I think they did. I think or second round at least. Yeah, I think they, they might I think they, they lost, lost to Tampa. Tampa in the conference final. Yeah. yeah. So great point, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's mid sentence. Um. So yeah, that's pretty much all yeah. I got for the whole podcast. It it also shows though that deadline acquisitions aren't necessarily. Unless they're put in a role that they, they, they can, like a like a Brian O'Reilly, where he seemed to fit into the role Toronto was using him in. Uh, most trade deadline acquisitions aren't actually necessary or beneficial to a team because uh, Rangers added two pretty big players at the deadline, and then they just crapped down the playoffs as a team, not those players, but and those 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 trades were kind of pointless in the end. Yeah, I. Uh... I think the best, the best times are when, um, like the best time I've seen at work was with Toronto this year. Oh, Nick Flino. <laughs> oh, okay, relax there, buddy. <laughs> um, okay, so that's the whole first round, the upcoming series. Uh, quickly, just because the lineup situation is out right now. Uh, Gustafson is out, confirmed. Zach Aston Reese is back in. Lilligren remains in, and Justin Hall remains out. Same as Sam Lafferty. They're going 12 and 6 to start. Uh, Sam Sonoff and Bobrovsky get the starts. I figured it out, by the way. I think the issue we have is we need to praise Justin Hall more on this podcast, and then the Leafs will sit him because. For the last year and a half that we've been doing this podcast, we haven't said one good thing out of it, about him until the other day when I gave him praise for the two games they played in Tampa. Yeah. For the the end of the games and his shot blocking. And then after I said that, they scratched him, and then uh, now he's not in the lineup again. So it seems like we just need to praise him more, and then Toronto will just sit him every chance they get. Uh, yeah, so Justin Hall, see you later. Uh, the expectation for me is to never let him back into the lineup unless it's an 11 and 7, and you only use him in situations where it's like a he, penalty kill where you just need him to stand in front of a shooter. He should have been the eighth defenseman anyway. Yeah, there's no, and I know, like, people if the people who do listen every episode are gonna say, like, you give this guy praise last episode, whatever, but. Then obviously he had a horrible game, and then they sat him. But even the first two, besides the third period of the second game, uh, the first two 
or the third period of the the third game, the first two games he played, he didn't really play that well. Um, but he I, he should have been. There's no there's no reason that Lilligren and Gustafson should have been sitting for him to start the series anyway. So I feel like he should be the eighth defenseman. He always should have been the eighth defenseman, and then he's going to have to find a way to sit in the press box and yes, and sir, cheer on the team from there because Lilligren and Gustafson are way better than uh, Justin. Hall. Um. Yeah. So see you later, Jay Hall. Never come back. Uh, people are like, oh, but then uh, you're down a man on the penalty kill. Okay, then just put someone else in that role. Like you have Jake McCabe, you have Luke Shen, you have Morgan Riley, you have TJ Brody, you have Timothy Lilligren, you have Mark Giordano. And then if need be, like last game, you have Eric Gustafson. Like you have seven guys who can play penalty kill. Why, why Justin Hall is on the team? Because he's good at one thing. Like when all the other seven guys are also capable of playing on the penalty kill. Yeah, that's true. Actually, like, like that's always that always bothered me when people are like, "Oh, if you get rid of Justin Hall, you're losing the key piece on the penalty kill." Well, yeah. then just get another defenseman who can play on the penalty kill. You're not going to give him up for nothing. And in the case of Toronto, they did. They added defenseman who can play on the penalty kill. So, is there really a need for Justin Hall to be on the team anymore? No. See you later. Yeah, pretty much, actually. Uh, with that, Justin Hall will never be seen again because Scott Lashley took care of him. Yeah. Um, just looking at our list here. Uh, we already kind of talked about Boston, but we want to talk about the injury lists that have come out. You want to go on uh, American, non-Americans can't buy tickets off the floor website? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I think it, well, at first I thought it was incredibly ridiculous, but now that I've actually heard more people talk about it, I mean, it's still ridiculous, but I'm I'm not as aggravated by it. So if, if people didn't hear, obviously the uh, Ticketmaster was uh, limiting the amount of non-Americans who could buy or just completely not allowing people who aren't American or don't have an American billing address uh, from buying tickets to game one or game three and four of the Florida series and Trump series. Uh, the reasoning was that they, they wanted more local uh, fans to get the chance to go to the game as opposed to a flock of Toronto police fans coming from Canada or other places in uh, the States, etc. Which my point was that's absolutely ridiculous because you would still be making the same amount of money, if not more money, from the Canadian fans who want to come see the Leafs as opposed to the traditional Florida Panther fans, which most of them are Canadian anyway, so... Uh, but then the more I I actually like read tweets about it, listened to news, listened to other people say stuff, it's you're still gonna have a whole bunch of Toronto Maple Leafs fans because they're just gonna go to secondary uh, sources to buy their tickets, or the Canadians in the states that do have billing addresses, or the Canadians who go to the states that are on vacation that have billing addresses in America, will just or season ticket holders uh, will just buy tickets, and then scalpers on top of that other Ticketmaster-style websites that are selling the tickets. So um, I don't really know the point of all that, but there will probably be an abundance, a huge amount of, of lease fans there for Games 3 and 4 based on the fact that they could just go anywhere else besides Ticketmaster to buy their tickets. Yeah. Yeah, so right now, it's so the interesting part is it's actually only an American credit card. So if we want to go to Florida and our cousin lived in 
Florida and we were from Ontario and we want to go there, you could just get him to buy them. Like there's so many different ways around. This is, yeah. this is an American, to, yeah. this is an American thought out plan. You can tell instantly every Canadian <laughs> just ripped this plan apart and just said, uh, here's 18 reasons why we can still go to the games. Also, I saw a stat that like Toronto Maple Leaf fans slash Canadian fans, like not Canadian Montreal, like the Canadian that like all seven Canadian teams make up 65% of Florida's ticket purchasing purchasing. So obviously yeah. they're trying to limit that because regardless if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, you go to a game and it's Toronto, Florida, you're probably gonna be cheering for a Canadian team. That's typically especially what like even me and Scott's dad, if Toronto was on the playoffs in the years that they didn't make it, he would cheer for Montreal or Ottawa just because they're a Canadian team and he wants the cup to come back to Canada. So you're gonna be under the assumption if that only least Canadian fans do that though. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like, let's okay, let's just say he, uh, the guy lives in Calgary and he's not really a hockey fan, but he buys a ticket to go to a least playoff game. Although he lives in Calgary and he's not necessarily a hockey fan, he's probably going to cheer a little bit when the least score because they're a Canadian team. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, but I mean, he's not really a Calgary Flames fan. Most Calgary well, yeah. Flames fans would say, I'm not cheering for the Leafs because it's the Leafs. Why would I? Yeah, it's true. Um, uh, I thought of something while you were talking about what you were talking about, but now I can't remember what it is. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, it seems pointless to me anyway, in the end, because they're still going to get these fans, Canadian fans, like the country Canada, not Montreal, um, going to the games. So I, I, don't, I don't really understand the point of it. I guess maybe it's uh, wanting to grow the game more in Florida as opposed to just having a reliance on Canadian viewership. Uh, but you're still getting the money either way, so I don't really understand why they care who's buying the tickets. As long as they're getting money, they shouldn't really care. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, and I'm just spitballing here, Florida, um, there's revenue sharing in the NHL. There's an escrow fee that you have to pay right now. The Toronto Maple Leafs are in the, in the second round. Bump up your ticket prices. Let Toronto Maple Leaf fans go there because even if it's five hundred dollars a ticket or three hundred dollars a ticket, it's still seventy five percent cheaper than what a Toronto Maple Leaf ticket is going to cost in Toronto. Let the league benefit, yeah. get eliminated, take your profit sharing or your revenue sharing, and move the fuck on. Like, oh, I don't understand your, your reasoning. Yeah, I have no idea. I saw the funniest thing on Twitter about today. It was a Leafs fan. I'm assuming it was a Leafs fan. I mean, they had a Leafs profile picture, but sometimes you can't really tell. Uh, but they were like, this is dumb. Like, pretty much saying the same things we were saying. Why wouldn't you want this game to be full? It's mostly Leafs fans that go there anyway. And then some idiot Montreal fan, and this is the quintessential Montreal Canadian point, is saying, would you want the Scotia Bank Arena to be filled with Mont- uh, 75% filled with Montreal Canadian fans if they were playing Toronto? Well, first of all, I'm pretty sure the Leafs wouldn't care as long as they're making their money, which has been the motto of the Toronto Maple Leafs since they were first founded. That's why they're one of the richest teams ever. And second, that would never happen. (laughs) Every Leafs game is pretty much just majority Leafs fans because the Leafs fans go there to get the tickets first. Yep. Like the Leafs don't favor Leafs fans priority-wise. 
the Leafs fans were just that, like, the second the game's announced, they're buying the tickets. So they would never be 75% Montreal Canadian fans in the Scotiabank Arena uh, because the Leafs fans are just would just be too quick in buying the tickets that they wanted. So it was just the dumbest point I've ever heard in my life as a proof that wanting Florida Panther fans there would make it more beneficial because reason, reason, reason. When in the end, it shouldn't matter because, again, you're still making the money. Canadians will have to buy the tickets. You would transfer to American currency. It would still cost the same. You would still be making the money. In fact, you'd probably be making more money because Toronto is a bigger fan base than Florida. So you wouldn't have to worry about this stadium being 60%, uh, 60% full, 50% full, 40% full, uh, 3,000 in the case of Arizona. You would just be, okay, these fans come buy the tickets, and then you would have a packed arena, and you would be making a fortune. Um, I don't know why I do this. Like, I understand why. It would be cool if we... We should just start doing uh, live streams um, for this realistically. However, Samsonov did take a shot up high in the collarbone and was stunned and had to leave the ice. So there, there's a it's, chance that he might play, not play. Is Joseph Wall the backup? Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, I, don't I want asked. Memory. I, don't I want asked if Willie did the it. <laughs> I asked if Willie did it because that's what happened to Matt Murray earlier in the year. Yeah, I think he'll, he'll he should be fine. Hopefully, uh, we do have about nine minutes left before the the uh, the time runs out and the first or second round starts. Seeing how we want to get this done, uh, in, or in before the game, so we're gonna just quickly go over uh, the injuries that have been announced for Toronto and or Boston and Tampa, and then we have second round predictions. We also tweeted them. If we don't have time to get to them, just look on our Twitter page. They're, they are they've been out since six. So if we don't have time to get to them, that's obviously uh, something you can check on yourself. Uh, and then yeah, so I'll start with Boston, and then Scott can take Tampa. Um, Boston, as far as we know, Patrice Bergeron herniated herniated discs disc in his back happened in game eighty two against Montreal. A meaningless game. He got injured. He was done. Uh, playing at probably less than 50%. Came back in game four. Since he came back in game four, uh, it was 3-1. He was a minus six in the last three games, and uh, they ended up losing. People said that they probably should have just kept him out. Uh, Lise Allmark, or Allmark, um, apparently he was quote-unquote injured. Didn't look injured when he tried to fight Mazikachuk, but apparently he was injured. Uh, and with that, I think it's funny because everyone was asking Jim Montgomery who put Swayman in in game six or potentially game five. And because he didn't look the same. Well, apparently he was injured dealing with something that really messed up his quality of play because he went from a Vezek caliber to probably like statistically the second worst goaltender in the series behind Vasilevsky. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, funny little note about this. When Jim Montgomery got asked why they went with Swayman instead of Allmark in Game 7, regardless of his injury, he said, ask uh, goalie coach Bob. Because apparently the goalie coach told Jim Montgomery we're playing Swayman. Looks really bad on the Boston organization. Lastly, off the books, or off the page, um, 
uh what's his face there um i'm thinking i'm thinking um andrew cogliano andrew cogliano got checked on the board from behind jordan by jordan eberly and he fractures neck he came back and played the third period and then got a CT scan that night and turned out that he had a fractured neck. So he's out. Obviously, the Colorado's out of the playoffs, but he's out for a while. And your your Selkie nominees are finalists are Patrice Bergeron, Nico Heischer, and Toronto's own Mitch Marner. Patrice Bergeron's going to win it again. But nice to see Toronto and Toronto yeah, play on there. Which is, I mean, I get he's good defensively, but at this point, they only nominate him because he's always nominated. Yeah, because uh, because the media wants the Selkie Trophy to be called the Bertrand Trophy. That's why the media wants because the people who vote on it, Lady Bing, Hughes, Kopitar, media. Point. Oh, you mean the, the same media that picked Boston to win in five and Tampa to win in six? Yeah, but that same media wants and they vote on it and they want this trophy to be changed. So they, if they vote them in as many times as they can, then. Uh, then there, I guess the chances are ten, of them ch- changing the trophy name. Ten bucks says Frank Cervelli is leading the charge. Yeah, he leads all media. He's the media just, president. Just for another, just for another dig at the Leafs. He's gonna say we'll name it after a Boston player. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we got about anyway. we got about six minutes, Scott. So you want to take the uh, injuries? Yeah, Tampa injuries. Uh, it was announced. Uh, I guess earlier today. I don't know if it was morning or around lunch. Uh, so obviously, he's Chernak with the concussion that he gave himself after he dove forward and launched himself through the air on the Michael Bunting hit. Uh, that one was known. The headman, uh, hip impingement, whatever that means. Uh, obviously, he missed a game, game two, and then yeah. played the rest of the series. Uh, people on Twitter were saying he looked noticeably out of place. And not playing like a Victor Hedman. But if you watch the broadcast, that's not true because all they were doing was praising how well he's been playing all series. Uh, and then the new ones that came out today were Tanner Janot with a high ankle sprain. Which is, AKA, is that's known. That AKA, happened before. I just didn't want to play because I didn't want to get punched out by Luke Shane. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that actually uh, did happen before uh, the playoffs. Uh, I, oh, well, yeah. Okay. But still, uh, don't challenge someone to a fight if you're injured. Then you won't look like an idiot for missing the last two games of the series. Uh, Iceman with concussion-like symptoms. I think that was he's. As I heard stem from the Jake McCabe hit in yeah. game one. Yeah. Uh, and then Braden Point with rib cartilage or rib cage cartilage fracture, uh, which obviously came from the uh, uh, when he kind of Morgan Riley bumped into him and he went head first into the boards there in game uh, three or four. And then uh, played the the rest. Came back after the brief stint in the locker room and came back. Uh, yeah. So I mean, besides maybe the concussion and maybe Brandon points, I don't really see. It's always funny though when teams do that. Yeah, come on after. Well, I mean, obviously they're not going to announce it during the game because then they they won't be able to play the players and whatever. But yeah, every it's not even like this isn't like. Them, me saying I'm complaining, but like every year, after every series, like the teams come out and there's like a list of eight players that were playing through injuries. Some of them pretty severe. Yeah, so, sometimes that's my favorite part of the year. And you're just like, why? Why'd you? The, the guy is a, the guy's missing a leg. Why'd you make him play? The guy literally has and a fractured like, neck. Oh, because 
yeah, like his his head split split in two because someone high sicked him, and and they're like, oh, because we wanted to win the series, and I was like, and then you're like, so playing this guy who's now in a wheelchair, is that really going to help you win the series when he's not playing a hundred percent? Um, two things here: uh, the rib cage cartilage fracture is at the very front of your rib cage where the ribs attach to the breastbone. So that could be why he held his chest and fell down. And then as for the rib or hip impingement, it's when the ball of the hip pinches against, I'm not using medical terms, but the ball of the hip pinch, it pinches up against the whatever it's called, which is the actual cup of the hip. So basically when he took that hit from Sam Lafferty in game five, I think, and he skated off and he was like grabbing the trainer and basically like shaking him and he was in definite pain. That makes sense because the hip was basically, I guess, rubbing against the cup. So joint ball on joint. I I have no idea. Sounds painful though. Um, yeah. With that, we have about two minutes till game time. So we're going to end this podcast and we will um, be back with you probably next Thursday. We'll figure that out. Um, if you haven't heard yet, go to our uh, second round predictions on our Twitter page. Check it out. Scott's four picks, my first picks, and uh, four picks, and Kyle's four picks. Check on our website. Check on our social media. And let's get a go. We just go go in on all Twitter posts that we tweet. Have a good night. Good luck, Toronto Maple Leafs. See you next week. Thanks.